Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's a big weekend for Penn State recruiting. Uh, a very good week for Penn State recruiting. Two commits already, and it's only Tuesday. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. Today on the BWI Daily Edition, we're going to be getting to everything that came out of Penn State's official visit weekend. Maybe there's more to come. Uh, you'll notice that I am not Ryan Snyder. One of the benefits of having such an awesome staff is that when he has to play dad for most of the day because uh, his kids are home from daycare, I can slide right into the show, and you still have one of the leading experts in Penn State recruiting and Sean Fitz to give you all the information, get you that sweet, sweet info on Penn State football because it is hot and heavy with the transfer portal and recruiting. We're getting to all of that on the BWI Daily Edition. Busy day for Penn State football. If you're watching this on a Tuesday, I'm Thomas Frank Carr. Sean Fitz with us. There's also the World Cup going on. So plenty of sports information and excitement flying around. Uh, Mason Robinson committed earlier today. But first and foremost, Fitz, how you doing today? Uh, how's the family? Is everyone healthy on your end? Everyone's healthy on my end. So I feel bad for Ryan. Uh, you know, it's December. Signing day is in a week tomorrow. So he should be pushing through this. But, uh, you know. Three of us are dads first, so I completely understand. I'm sure he'll be back with us at some point to talk a little bit more recruiting. And uh, as he was certainly out in front of this Mason Robinson thing, um, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, The bonus is here that uh, he doesn't have to apologize for not asking you to like the video. And I'm not sitting off screen going, Ryan, like the video. Tell him to like the video. We can get it right out of the way. First thing is, please like the video. Helps us grow the channel. Helps us grow our YouTube presence. And of course, uh, lets other people know by liking the video, hey, this doesn't suck. At the most basic level, telling people that you liked this that helps us out. So appreciate you for doing that. Uh, but let's get right into it. Mason Robinson will start and work backwards towards the weekend. Uh, we're recording on Tuesday afternoon. So just a few hours after he announced that he is a Nittany Lion. It felt like for a long time this was going to happen. And then it very did, very much didn't. But here we are in the end with Penn State and Mason Robinson as a match uh, right before National Signing Day. So take us through how this story unfolded for Mason Robinson. Well, Mason Robinson has been high on the staff's board for a long, long time. Of course, uh, playing at McDonough, playing with Denai Dennis Sutton. Of course, they've got that lineage there with uh, with Denai, with Curtis Jacobs, with uh, Devon Ellis, P.J. Mustafer, just all over the place. McDonough guys all over the place on that defense. Um, and uh, Penn State offered. So you figure once Penn State offers a McDonough kid, it's pretty much done. That was not the case with Mason Robinson. Mason was a different uh, different recruitment. Uh, he came up to Penn State a couple of times, I believe camped for them twice in 2021. Um, Penn State was still in full pursuit whenever he committed to Northwestern in the spring, went out to uh, Evanston, had a great official visit, really connected with the staff out there, especially the defensive line coach. Um, and then, you know, you look at what Penn State was trying to do on the defensive line. They had an official visit set up for him in late June. So he went elsewhere and that left some questions. Um, you know, I don't know that he's uh be all end all top target at, at defense or was the be all end all top target at defensive end, but it was certainly a guy that they were 
I would say counting on in this class early on mm-hmm. because so many log- logistical points pointed to Penn State. Uh, getting beyond that, Northwestern went one and eleven this year. Uh, a lot happened out there, and and they fired the defensive line coach whom he had such a great connection with. Um, so Penn State, who was not really recruiting him, I, I reached out to Mason a month ago, um, and I reached out to his coach, and Penn State hadn't been in contact. They hadn't really been recruiting him. Um, and then all of a sudden things turned up. Uh, of course, Kenny Sanders is a McDonough guy as well. So he's always in touch there. Uh, John Scott really uh, upped his pursuit there. And I think the senior film changed a lot of things, not in the sense that, um, you know, if Mason did come back around and did happen to open things up, uh, I don't think it changes things there, but he got a lot better between his junior and senior years. So I think that that is one thing that moved him up the board very fast. Uh, Ryan was the first to report on his connection or his contact going up with the staff. And then reported last week that he was coming in for an official visit. Um, we put in crystal, uh, we put in, I did it again. We did, we put in uh, RPM picks on the site uh, last week. Notre Dame offered like immediately after I posted mine. Uh, so that's always fun when something, a, a late <laughs> curveball comes uh, right after you hit publish. Um, but Penn state had a great official visit with him. We felt confident coming out of the weekend that, that Robinson would end up in this class. We thought it might be two defensive ends on Monday committing, but, uh, lo and behold, James Franklin, 1155 AM on Monday and Tuesday announcing commitments to the world. And the second one was Mason Robinson and what I think will be a busy week for Penn state. Yeah, and you mentioned both of those defensive ends. We'll get into Mupoy in a second, but kind of the bridge between the two of them. Uh, you mentioned he got a lot better in uh, his senior season. I, I think that the the best thing he does here is he presents uh, in, in a play of upsides on the defensive line. He is a really good football player. He shows a lot of things you want to see from a young player early in his career. And, and you know, we talked about this on our breaking news video, which you can check out here on YouTube if you haven't done that yet. Uh, when Ryan and I talked about it, when it back when it happened earlier this afternoon, that one of the biggest things for him was just getting bigger and stronger. And he was, some guys, that's really hard for them to do. He's able to do that and uh, and sets a, I think, a good floor for the defensive end class. And you've got a couple guys that have uh, a lot of athletic traits and need some work in Jameel Lyons and in Joseph Mapoy. Uh, so let's get to Mapoy and, and talk about what you know of Penn State's uh, pursuit of him as another one of those upside plays in this class. Before I get to that, talking Robinson, if you look at his junior film, he played a lot like a second defensive end. Now, of course, Denai Dennis Sutton was on the other side, so he was a second defensive end, but a little more passive, a little more uh, sort of not, not, not really waiting for the play to come to him, but just not as aggressive as you like to see a guy that really not fully unleashed. And then you look at his senior film and he's just dusting kids i mean it's a really different very aggressive um bigger and stronger as you mentioned comes in about six three which penn state has really targeted those guys that are six four six five got the the long length mason's length nothing to write home about but very productive at that size and penn state has been productive with guys at that size chop robinson this year of course um last year arnold ebicate not the biggest guy in the world so you've got guys in that mold that you've been successful with. And I think that's good. And going back to sort of combining the two Mason's such a good football player. And uh, as you mentioned, a high higher floor type guy that it gives you the confidence that you can take someone like Mapoy, who is a project in every sense of the word, who is a guy that is probably we throw around boomer bust um, who he's a guy that is going to take a lot longer, but 
when you've got a guy like Mason and you've got a guy um, like Jamil Lyons, who's a really good player as well, um, maybe a little bit more physically developed. Um, of course, looks a lot older than those other two. <laughs> yeah, That's saying something with Mapoy. Uh, but uh, you've got uh, a nice little combination there that gives you a little bit more leeway when you're taking a guy like Mapoy that's going to take yeah. two or three years to uh to f- try and figure out what he's uh what his potential is and, and how he works and and in this day and age in college football that you don't always have that so I think taking Mason makes you feel good about uh taking those other or you know putting together this defensive end class for another reason probably still looking for another tackle but I think the way that this came together Looking back at that hole in the in the class, that hole in the defensive line uh, a month or two ago, you know, it, it came together pretty well for Penn State. Yeah. So with Mapoy, um, you know, other than the upside, what can you tell us about him and and why he's a Nittany Lion? Well, um, I think this is a guy that everybody had on their radar because he is he's got that big frame. He's uh, six, probably about six, four and a half, six, five, uh, 240 pounds. He can move. I mean, he's been productive. Like, that's the thing. I think I said this on the, the live show last night. Uh, you look at his stats and you you see boomer bust or completely raw prospect and everything like that. And you think that this is a guy that's just like learning how to walk in a straight line. That's not necessarily the case. He had a bunch of sacks at Archbishop Carroll. He had a bunch of sacks uh, this year uh, playing at uh, uh, St. Thomas More with Zion Tracy. Um, so there's been production there. And I think that you have some confidence in the way that he's able to develop given that he's done it at least at this high school level. And that's not always the case for some people. Um, You look at the comparisons. It's so tough to nail one down because the guys that have come in raw, I mean, Jason away comes to mind, but Jason away was just like a freak of a freak athlete. You know, that, that there's nothing, there's not going to be many people that come close to Jason away when it comes to uh, speed and, and things like that. So, um, Penn state has been on him for a while. Kid really doesn't know much about recruiting at all. I mean, I've, I've talked to him before and come away thinking that he's, he's got no idea. Like he's, he's clueless about how all this works and a bunch of offers. Michigan looked to be in a good spot early. They kind of slowed and stopped their pursuit. And, and, and by the end, I'm not sure who I was involved in or Louisville, uh, Utah had offered, which is an interesting one. Cause Utah doesn't offer a ton of guys on the East coast, but, uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of boxes that are checked there's there's a bunch of boxes left unchecked i mean uh, yeah. no doubt about it but he fits a lot of things that uh, successful defensive ends have and like i said this guy is going to take a few years and it's going to take some patience it's going to take some development from the staff and and if he if he figures it out and keeps checking those empty boxes he's got a lot of potential but that's a long long way from here yeah i i think that that's really when you look at him you you think this guy's going to come and step on the field and make an impact. And then you kind of dig deeper and, and that kind of fills out the, the, as you said, some of those boxes that are unchecked uh, might take a little bit of time. One of the things that I, I'm curious about, um, and I want to get your opinion on this because I, I've had a hard time pe- pinning down how fast do you think he is? Cause we talk about tools and, and ability and the size and the length are there. And I think the power is there, but with all the other things that we just discussed, I've had a hard time of, really getting a good gauge of how fast he is even in different circumstances different competition levels so just in generally what's your opinion on the is he a power guy or a speed guy do you think i have no idea like the you look at him and he flashes one in or he flashes one aspect of that and he flashes the other 
Um, so probably, probably a little bit more well-rounded than we give him credit for. He's, of course, he played on the other side of Nicholas Harbor, who was all speed, you know, obviously right. at Archbishop Carroll. So it's tough to tough to gauge that. It, it's it's funny to watch because you can tell when he's thinking and when he's not. And when he's not, he's at his best, which most football players are. I mean, it's just the instincts take over. You're just wondering how strong those instincts are for a guy that just started playing football not too long ago. Um, so there are very, very big questions on, um, you know, just how long it takes him to catch up mentally, then catch up to the speed of Big Ten football. That's a lot to take in in your first couple of years. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've talked to people. It, it the, the varying opinions of him across the coaching landscape are really interesting because there's some guys that are just like, we don't have time for that. We don't have time to wait for the development and things like that. And then there are other guys like, man, I love this kid. Like if he if he can, you know, do this, do that, you know, maybe in a year or two, he's a guy that can break the back end of the rotation. And then once he gets going, maybe he can just take off. Um, so from a speed standpoint, it's really tough to say, probably a 4'9 kid. Uh, I think I had some testing numbers on him, but they were the Under Armour numbers from that camp that was just miserably cold uh, <laughs> and in April yeah. or maybe even that. That might have even been late March um, down cold, in Baltimore. It was March 1st. I think it was March 1st uh, or early March when we were there. It and was it was you were awful. running your 40 into a headwind. It was unbelievably terrible yeah there were some <laughs> bad times that came out of that so i don't i don't scrap those times but uh i watched him that day and he was a guy that was sort of watching everyone else go through and trying to figure out because he'd never done it before he'd never done the drills never done the the pass rushing drills and things like that so he was soaking it in and talked to some coaches that, that worked the camp and and they liked his coachability, they like the way that he listened and things like that. I will say this. He's he's also a little bit older. Um, you know, he's mm-hmm. a post-grad guy. I think he's probably uh, probably 19 now uh, or something of that nature. So he's physically a little bit more ahead of where some of his class, quote-unquote, classmates are. Um, so there's uh, there's definitely definitely a lot to like, um, but there's a, a lot of questions. But you take Mason Robinson, you feel a lot better about taking a guy like Joseph McCoy. Yeah, for sure. And when you look at the defensive line as a whole, uh, still it doesn't feel complete because they're, they're, where is Mega Barnwell going to play? Tyreek Blanding is a part of that class. Feels like there's room for another defensive lineman there. Uh, what is left for the Nittany Lions? I know there's some big names out there that Penn State fans are hoping they can flip, but what are the guys that are on your radar as far as guys that could be added to this class in the next week or so? Just a couple. Um, you look at Quintel Travis, the defensive uh, tackle from Iowa Western Junior College, uh, playing in a national championship game tomorrow. Actually, um, they John Scott went out to see him last week, and they won. They beat uh, Northwest Mississippi in the semifinals, and they will play in the finals on uh, Wednesday. Um, so I could see a situation where he is goes for or goes from that national title game, and maybe takes a visit or two, maybe including Penn State um in the coming days as well because he's got a lot to cram in because he's coming in in january i'm pretty sure he's coming in in january i'm doing this on the fly uh with with thinking about the conversations that i've had with him um but penn state has holes on that uh, in that defensive tackle room they've looked in the portal they haven't found much in the portal so far they've looked at the junior college level they have quintrell travis as a guy and then at the high school level uh kamari burns is the guy to keep an eye on. He's a Cincinnati commit. Of course, the coaching change out there, um, I don't want to say changes things because he's still committed to the Bearcats, but at the same time, there's some unsettled nature uh, to his commitment. He went to Cincinnati over the weekend, did not reaffirm his commitment. 
Uh, he's got a visit set up for this week in the Penn State. I'm curious to see if that comes to fruition, given the movement in this class and given the space that they might have in this class. I think Travis is probably the guy that they prioritize at this point, in addition to getting somebody that can come in and play right away from the portal. But those are the two guys, when you're looking at the defensive line, um, where Penn State can probably make some movement in it before National Signing Day. So when it comes to the fit they're looking for, are they looking for maybe not a PJ Mustafer clone, but somebody to fill that role, or they just want more good players at defensive tackle? Because personally, I've had a hard time pegging down like, does does Manny Diaz have a hard distinction between either defensive tackle position or is it you know we're going to put the best guys out there and the position is is less than uh, meaningful? So what are they looking for? What do you think they're looking for in terms of player they want to add? Good player first. I mean, there, there's no question um, that, you know, you're not going to take a less athletic guy just because he's bigger. And and you look at what's on the roster and you see Beeman and Izzard and Vandenberg and these guys that, that uh, you know, make up rotation next year. You don't have a, a traditional one tech. You don't have a guy that just takes in there or goes in there and takes his face, maybe Fatoma Malba, but he's hasn't broken through and, and made the rotation yet. So, um hesitate to to uh, hesitate to add him in there travis is listed at six four three hundred uh, i believe on iowa western site so he is in that scale according to uh potential potential rotation guys next year so the, i think that's why they're looking so hard at the portal i had that as my number two need uh coming into portal season it's just not a lot of that. um you look at uh it, it's true at every stop along the way guys that are six three six four three hundred and five pounds that can move at a level that you need them to move at in the big 10 at the top of the big 10 just that everybody wants those guys and it's so tough to find them at every level especially you know the portal you got lucky with Derek Tangelo a couple of years ago you're looking for lightning to strike twice in a situation like that a guy that's got some experience a guy that's uh you know really been productive at that level preferably but uh you know there's not a lot of those guys floating around you mentioned speed and the movement skills you need at the top of the big 10 that sounds a lot like maybe somebody else that might commit to the nittany lions this week you put an rpm last thursday uh what else do you see coming up for the nittany lions excuse me um give me on keys uh the linebacker so i think this doesn't change things from a defensive line standpoint, but it could could be something with numbers that you have to look at because it seemed like Keys was going to stick. The longer and the longer that this one played out, um, you know, he's saying all the right things the whole time, but the longer that this one played out, um, you were getting a you were having a tough time being convinced that he could go back on his word. And a lot of guys don't like to do that, but go back on his word with North Carolina, even though love Penn State, um, loved the visit that he came on, the second visit for the whiteout that he came on. And just a lot of things were pulling him to Penn State. North Carolina is going through an offseason where a lot of guys are heading out the door. Um, so that's an interesting layer there. But um, Penn State uh, went in a couple of weeks ago, last uh, last Saturday, I believe it was, um, with Jay Wansire and uh, a couple of the other re- recruiting guys, Anthony Poindexter, and really, I think, changed things from that standpoint. He stepped back on his commitment, uh, opened things up, and really liked where Penn State stands. And I think that 
this is a situation he visited Virginia Tech over the weekend. You have heard things about potentially visiting Florida this weekend, A&M this weekend. I'm not sure it gets to that. So Penn State's hot right now, and uh, I put my pick in last week. Ryan Snyder put his pick in this week uh, for Kevion Keys. And all of a sudden, you know, three linebackers in this class is a distinct possibility with Tony Rojas, Tamir Robinson, and now Kevion Keys. And it's three guys that they have been on for a long, long time. And I think that they uh, would feel really, really good about this class. Um, would not shock me if there was a des- decision coming in before the weekend. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That is something that Penn State fans are super happy to hear about. Uh, linebacker has been one of the hottest conversations when it comes to the defense. Um, I- I'm still fascinated. I'm excited to see where we go with the Sam position, whether or not it's uh, Tony Rojas, Kavion Keys, Takari Nelson, whomever uh, they want to play at that position. I think the options are better than having, you know, it's good to have uh, the problem of too many options at that position. So other fallout from the official visit weekend. Mentioned fallout the recruiting. is a dangerous word here. <laughs> <laughs> love uh, the Kedrick Roscano, Kedrick Roscano uh, the running back from Texas. Uh, I'm not really feeling that one, to be honest with you. Uh, more focused on Cam Wallace, uh, the running back from Georgia. Uh, really, really good player, fast player there. As Penn State looks to add a second running back to its class of 2023. Uh, Dante Cephas, uh, the receiver uh, from Kent State, originally from Pittsburgh, was a teammate of Daquan Hardy, Tank Smith at Penn Hills turned into a very productive receiver at Kent State. A couple of those productive receivers at Kent State in the portal right now are being recruited by Penn State. Um, But Penn State's going to go see him later this week. Um, Certainly um, a lot to follow there. And then not at Penn State uh, this weekend was Conrad Hussey. He was at Florida State, the longtime safety commit from Fort Lauderdale. That's one to watch. Uh, Playing the logistical cards here, you never want to see a guy take a visit right before signing day, especially when that visit is, I know Tallahassee and, and Fort Lauderdale are not close, but it's an in-state visit. So um, that's something that we continue to watch. He has not uh, decommitted from Penn state, but uh, I mean, you just, the, the, the looks on that one don't, uh, don't, don't give you the warm and fuzzies if you're the Penn state staff. So Hussey is one that we're continuing to monitor, have not been able to, um, secure more than a generic uh, response from <laughs> from that camp so far. So we'll see what happens with that. But that is the time of season that we're or the time of year that we're in. Coaches are on the road trying to lock things down, trying to get these things uh, settled because a week from tomorrow is National Signing Day, and there's uh, a, a lot of work to be done between now and next Wednesday. The next portion, I think. Um not trying to gloss over the Conrad Hussey situation, but it is what it is like, Oh, we'll see how that one plays out. Well, okay. Um, what are your, what are your feelings on that in terms of um, flip potential? Do you think it's a likely thing, not feeling good about it, feeling like it's, it's in a stable position, I guess. How do you read that in terms of, uh, you know, just your guesstimation of what, what will happen? 
I haven't talked to the kid, but it's it's certainly I, I would label that as a you'd be naive to think it wasn't a, a real possibility to, uh, to bring him in the week before um, was up there. Edwin Joseph, who's a Penn State target, was up there as well. Um, he's also being recruited as a defensive back. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can't you can't look at that and say that, uh, yeah, Penn State's fine. You know, it's it's going to it's going to be good, especially when that guy is a thousand or more miles away um, in Florida. So, yeah, I, I, like I said, if you're the Penn State staff. I don't think they feel too great about it, um, but uh, at the same time, you got to work through that. They'll be down there this week to uh, to try and smooth anything over and and you know j- just getting to the finish line. I mean, with, when when you've got signing day there, once you sign those papers, you've gotten there. Um, so you're gonna have to pull out all the stops over the next week. Um, but it's 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 a lot to overcome, I would say. Eight days away, just eight more days after after all this time. Uh, the next thing would be uh, where coaches are and the transfer portal. Those two things are a bit commingled. Dante Seafest took an official visit this weekend, uh, and there's a lot of activity with receivers this week. So um, what, what do you want to lay out for people here on YouTube that uh, that maybe people over at BlueWhiteIllustrated.com who have been a part of the Lions Den message forum already know? And if you want to be in that group, sign up for $10 and you get that access until next football season. Great deal. Um, but what's the information on the receiver position heading into, uh, you know, obviously another very important weekend for official visits? So we talked about those official visits earlier um, with uh, Quinchel Travis, Kamari Burns. But this weekend is probably going to be more focused on uh, the portal guys, the guys, the tra- potential transfers coming through. Uh, highlighted a couple on the the show last night. Uh, Dante Thornton, you mentioned Dante Cephas, but Dante Thornton, uh, the former Oregon uh, wide receiver who was committed to Penn State at one time, and then Caden Prather, who went into the portal. I believe it was just yesterday. I don't know; these days are so there's so much going on right now. I can't remember if it was yesterday or the day before. <laughs> it um, was, yeah, yeah. Penn, Penn State has made both of those guys a high priority. Bigger guys, six four, six five, um, that can certainly run, and they've gotten all the scouting done with them. You know, Thornton's been on, or they, they both actually camped for Penn State. Actually, I remember Caden Prather camped uh, for Penn State, and he came, actually the guy that he came up with was a year older than him. It was Jordan Addison, and Penn State did not offer <laughs> Jordan Addison, which. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, I I kind of saw it like Jordan Addison was not what Jordan Addison turned into. And that's kind of what makes recruiting so much fun because guys develop. And and uh, Devontae Walker, who was a teammate of uh, Dante Cephas at Kent State, was kind of in the same boat. Like you look back at his high school stuff and nothing crazy, like nothing that really popped. And all of a sudden you go and you develop and you excuse me, get into the nutrition program, you get into the lifting program and things change like that. So that's why you see these guys that are popping up from mid-majors essentially and all of a sudden they're hot commodities in the portal. You forget about, uh, as I've said a thousand times this offseason, forget about the high school rankings, forget about how they were perceived coming out of high school because they're not that player anymore. They weren't that player when, you know, when the season was going on. They're not, they're certainly not that player anymore. Um, But Caden Prather's in there. Dante Cephas is in there. Dante Thornton's in there. Uh, uh, Walker's in there as well. So there's so many things that uh, moving parts. You've got James Franklin on the road visiting a couple of those guys today, visiting a couple of those guys later this week. So it's, it's a lot going on. And and it, like I said last night, the, the instant gratification is probably not right there because you want to get those guys on campus for the for, for visits this weekend. Maybe that's a situation where you can wrap them up. But you're still in, still trying to filter out what uh, what is the best fit for you because you've got, and this is an interesting dynamic here, you've got your five-star quarterback that you're trying to 
give the best weapons possible. You feel decent about some of the guys that you have in the room, but you obviously still have questions if you're Penn State on some of the other guys. Um, so yeah, that, there's, a, there's a lot going on because you're not only trying to make these guys uh, like a Thornton, like a, a Prather, make these guys confident that they can be productive, but you're also trying to make the guy that you have throwing the passes or slated to throw the passes next year, make him feel better about his target situation. So that's a, a fascinating dynamic when you're talking receiver because it's what uh, December 13th and uh, for Penn State season opener next year, no idea who the starting receivers are going to be for the Nittany Lions. <laughs> I took a look at Caden Prather this morning uh, just because I was curious and I can see why he's leaving West Virginia when I, you know, the film, a good receiver, I think good hands, big catch radius as you'd expect for six, four, and he's one for 11 on deep throws. Uh, in his two years at West Virginia where he's been on the field. So used as an underneath receiver quite a bit, hasn't gotten a lot of those targets and haven't been good targets either. So wanting to go find a place with a strong-armed quarterback that can throw the football down the field and the opportunity to do that, eh, you know, that seems to make a little bit of sense. So one last... <laughs> yes, <laughs> and Maryland. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, are, I don't those know are what it's right there with uh, with Prather, uh, Maryland, and then you throw Thornton, uh, who visited Auburn over the weekend. Uh, I think Penn State, Auburn, the front runners there. We've we've heard USC mentioned. We've heard Miami mentioned as well. But uh, that it's really interesting how I don't want to say secretive, but like we we've reported a bunch on Blue White, no doubt, no doubt about it. But you look at other programs, and I talked to. Uh, Devonte Walker, who's at Rutgers right now, and I reached out to some people at, at Rutgers, and they're like, "Yeah, it's uh, he's here, but it's on the download." Well, he's going to North Carolina this week. And, yeah, he's uh, reach out to the North Carolina people. It's on the download, so everything's kind of on the download with portal stuff right now. So it's interesting to see um, the pub the public nature of this from the Penn State side um, because they really, you know, they want to pick up a couple of these guys. They want to solidify that roster that position and uh and go from there and i think i think having drew certainly plays into that one last thing i want to get to because one is just maybe interesting and i i'm curious about it and then the last is another one of the players that that penn state fans are nervous about manny diaz in pittsburgh this week to uh on uh, on the road seeing players and then dakari nelson um getting a visit from some of the coaches this week in terms of coaching visits you know, some of the guys that I don't want to say they're forgotten in this class, but they've been committed for so long and, to, uh, and Tamir wasn't able to play his senior season because of an injury. Um, how much are, are these guys like, an understated factor in the class? And then what do you or what are your tea leaves with Nelson there? It's been so long since we saw Timmy Robinson play. Like, <laughs> I kind of forget what he is. He continues to grow. Um, I know there's been some talk about him being an edge guy, but State sees him as a linebacker and he took the extra time, and this is a credit to him given I know how much a senior high school football season means to everybody that has ever played their senior high school football or senior year of high school football. Um, for him to put his future first to get as healthy as he could be because he's coming in in January um, I think says something, and uh, I'll be interested to see where he's at. It's it's tough to, to gauge where he's at in his recovery and where he will be in January when he gets here. But I think he'll be better for it. And it's going to take him some time to get, get, get some of that rust off on the field, but the knee, just talking structurally, the knee should be much better than it would be than if he tr- decided to gut it out and, and things like that. And there's something to be said for guys that do it out, but 
when you're thinking about the next level. I think it's forward thinking is is very good. Lamont Payne's interesting, uh, committed as a corner. I'm not sure that he's got the speed to play out there, so I, I could see him as a safety uh, for Penn State. Um, it's it's one of those things. He's been a leader of this class. He's co- sort of been a linchpin here. Um, and when you have these long, drawn-out uh, pauses between rec- or commitments, and they, they, they always happen. That's just how it happens. A bunch happen at once, and then all of a sudden you wonder what's wrong when you've gone two months without a commitment. Well, that's just kind of how the calendar stacks up. Um, Lamont Payne is one of those guys that can can make everybody feel a little bit better about where he stands or about where they stand in the class, and he's been recruiting other guys and, and things like that. So I think he's a key part of the class. Because of that, um, I think he's probably a little bit behind in terms of um, how, how – excuse me, how quickly he can make an impact in the secondary for Penn State. Um, but it's a, it's certainly a situation where he can um, be one of those glue guys in the locker room. Then with Dakari Nelson, any anything you're interested in there that you've learned that you feel like sharing and, and what what are the, the situation? Because I know that that's been a name a lot of people have concerns about with some of the visits he's made as well. Well, naturally, I mean, you look at a guy that's uh, also a thousand miles away and uh, Ole Miss is still coming after him. I think Penn State's been gearing up for Auburn to make a run, but Ole Miss is still on him. Had a great week. Um, I think Penn State a little bit begrudgingly uh, watched him have a great week at the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game because it's like, uh, you forget about this kid. And then all of a sudden he pops back on the radar and you've got you you've got other programs that are going to second guess themselves, go back around, look at the tape, and say, "Oh, we could use a guy that's six three one ninety playing in the secondary and actually playing like a safety." And and I'll yeah. be honest with you, you mentioned him a little bit ago for the Sam spot, and you know nature is probably eventually going to to catch up with him, and that Sam spot has become more of a hybrid safety more so than than a linebacker. Um, so he fits in there definitely, but I do see him starting his career as a safety at Penn state, which is, uh, thinking back to when he committed, thinking about that size and things like that, and just seeing his build, you would think linebacker, but, um, you know, if you can get a big safety, if you can get a guy that can run around and move like that yeah. in the secondary, you'll certainly take it every time. You, you know, we talked about the, we had this, not this discussion or argument, but you, you look at Abdul Carter last year and think six, four, 235's got that twitch can can rush the passer this guy's going to be a defensive end and, and some in the program um you know relay that to to us that they thought he was going to be eventually be a defensive end but you stick him at linebacker and if he can fit there at that size hey you'll take that every day so you kind of feel the yeah. same way about Dakari Nelson not comparing the two as players at all but being big for your position and being athletic enough to play that position is I don't want to go crazy with analysis here but it's a very good thing yeah and so to add on to that, one of the things that I was excited about watching his abilities is I want the reason I want to see him in that Sam linebacker spot is because he plays corner in high school and he has man coverage skills. So he's developed that tool bag. And if you can play that and you have the ability to play deep, shallow, intermediate and in a different scheme, and it just opens up so many more possibilities from a schematic standpoint, that guy can do a bunch of different stuff. And I think that's kind of the next iteration of of a defense is when you've got a guy that doesn't have to come off the field and you make that 11th defender, the defense is now whole. So just guys like that, I, I think, are super interesting. This has been super interesting. So thank you so much for uh, coming on the show today and uh, talking about what you know with Penn State football recruiting and the portal. Anything else? 
Nope, that's it. I've been uh, we've been recording for 40, 40 minutes and my phone has given me enough time and now it's just won't stop buzzing. So got to get back to uh, all the stuff we're covering on the site. Check it out. Um, there's a lot of interesting stuff. You can play us out, though. Yep. Make sure you subscribe to Blue White Illustrated here on YouTube. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Download, rate and review and bluewhiteillustrated.com for $10. We'll be back tomorrow with a special guest on the Daily Edition. We'll talk to you then. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.